Hello and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host Kelly Crichton and as ever our resident TV critic Stephen Ross is here. We're on our own this week as we're looking forward to some of the big hitters coming to a small screen near you this autumn and winter. We have five shows to tell you about. Gen V, Boiling Point, Doctor Who, Fraser and Squid Game, The Challenge. The last of which there I've heard zero about, so I'm excited to hear, Stephen, what you have to tell us about that. Remember, if you want to see our faces, you can head over to the brand new Freeview Channel 276 Shots, which is brought to you by a network of journalists across the country who are transforming stories at the heart of your community into great TV. You'll find true crime stories, football news and analysis, plus coverage of lifestyle TV, film and much more. So we have these five things. Stephen, you are going to talk to us about Gen V first. Tell us. And remember to tell us when we can expect all these things. (laughs) That's a very good point. So Amazon generously gave me the first six episodes of Gen V to to watch. It's not a bad gig, is it? So it's a spin-off series Mm -hmm. of The Boys. So for those that don't know, The Boys is a series about superheroes, but most of the superheroes are quite corrupt and actually quite villainous um homelander's like the big bad in that series he kills a lot of innocent people essentially um in his sort of lust for power is that another amazon series was it so it's yes. a spin-off. yeah okay so gen v is set after season three of the boys which aired last year and presumably before season four which is still to come out and at the end of season three of mm-hmm. the boys um there's this revelation that superheroes were getting their powers because their parents had been giving them this drug called Compound V when they were young, and that awakened in them superpowers. And it follows a group of students who had been given Compound V at a college for superheroes. And it's weirdly thematically very similar to Sky High, that like um, that children's film from like 2006 about a school for, for oh. people with strange superpowers. Um, oh, yes. Oh, I know it. My kids watch yeah, it. <laughs> it. Yeah. It's kind okay. of like that, except like stylized like the boys. So there's lots of nudity and extreme violence and. A bit more grown yeah, up then. <laughs> some sort of very cringy violence as well. Um, and it's, it's pretty good, but there are some like. Like I say, it's a bit like Sky High and it's a bit hard to get past that. And in some ways it feels like a a bit of a cliched teen drama. Um Okay. Because of that. But it's mm. it's interesting and the plot sort of begun to sort of develop the further in I get. The first couple of episodes were were interesting. The first episode ends in a way that I really didn't expect it to, which I don't think many people expect it to, and it sort of takes the show in an entirely new direction. But essentially, it follows okay. one one girl at the school, at the school, Marie Moreau, played by Jazz Sinclair, whose superpower is basically she can control her own blood, which is a bit grim. But there you are. Interesting. Yeah. And when that power was awakened in her, when she got her first period, she accidentally killed both her parents. So she's very traumatized. But I think I've did we talk about this before? Did no. We? No, do you know what's reminding me of? So is that, and I don't remember the name of it, is just as you're talking about it, is that 
series that was about, you know, it was like um, flipping the patriarchy on its head because all the women had the superpowers or started getting superpowers. Um, It was called The Power, yeah. There you go. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Reminded me of that slightly as you talk about it there, but go ahead, sorry. Yeah, so Marie Monroe can control her own blood. And then there's Golden Boy played by... Patrick Schwarzenegger, who I believe is related to Arnold in some way. Yeah, with a yeah. name like that. Um, yes, okay. And he's, he's like very super powerful. He can like set himself on fire, like the human torch, and also has pretty good strength. And then you have uh, Marie Moreau's roommate, Emma Shaw, played by Lizzie Broadway, who can make herself tiny. But because it's the from the world of the boys, it's got this sort of darker take on all of these powers. And she basically to make herself tiny has had to develop an eating disorder. And it's, it's, yeah, it's really, Jesus. It's really quite. Okay. It pretty. sounds like it. Yeah. It sounds like it's like trying to be sort of modern. It's just or... a bit too gritty for the sake of being gritty and edgy and, and, okay. Yeah. yeah. But the, the general plot is that Marie Moreau and her superhero, friends band together to help free another character who's related mm-hmm. who's the brother of one of the other characters from a secret government com- compound where they seem to be experimenting on superheroes a uh, young superheroes and torturing and tormenting them and that's mm-hmm. sort of from six episodes in that's the trajectory is there they're trying to uncover and help the people that the government is keeping prisoner essentially and and torturing so okay like the boys it's this whole fantastic superhero world but really it's flipped on its head and there's this dark underbelly to it and it does that quite well Mm -hmm. but it's definitely not something you want to watch if you're squeamish you don't want close-up shots of penises Every episode. Um, I'm sure there's people out there who that's exactly what they yeah, want. But I don't so, know, you know if they want it in, in the way that it's presented in this show. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, what's the word? Intrigued yeah, now well, to see exactly what you're talking about. Give it a watch and get back to me in October. So <laughs> the first three episodes land on Amazon Prime on the 29th of September. And then, okay, not too far it's away. Weekly yeah. releases thereafter. I believe there's eight episodes in total. It'll end sometime in November. Okay, actually, by the time this podcast goes out, then it'll be out. So yes, so the first three episodes, will. maybe four, will be out by the time yeah. this goes out. Cool. Okay. Um. So Gen V is. I mean, is it sort of Amazon's answer to Marvel? Then? Yeah. Is that so the, the boys, I think, was. I mean, it's based on a comic book series that, again, is intentionally. Yeah. They throw everything at it in terms of shock factor and gore and anything that's sort of taboo or grim. And the Amazon okay. series, the boys, I think, came out in response to superhero fatigue. So it's a way of cashing in mm. on the superhero you know, cash grab that is Marvel yeah. without, whilst also pretending to, you yeah. know, be yeah. outside of that. Touch of Umbrella Academy. Yeah, yeah a little well, bit, yeah. I would say I don't think so far Gen V is anywhere near as good as The Boys, but it's yeah. still worth, if you like The Boys, you're probably going to find something in Gen V that, that you enjoy. And if The Boys was too much for you, I wouldn't recommend it, basically. 
Okay, fair enough. That's good. Okay, cool. So out of our five programs we're talking about on this episode, that is the only one we've actually seen, correct? Yeah. We've not seen the other ones. Yeah. So so the, so the other the other previews are going to be yeah, more I take like the yeah, exactly. So we're we'll do proper maybe proper reviews when they come out, but for the moment it's more like these are things that you should have on your radar that are coming up. So the first thing I want to talk about is Boiling Point, um, which I think I had heard all right that we're gonna make a TV series of it, but that was quite a while ago and sort of it went all went quiet. But basically it's a sequel to the twenty twenty one film, which we have definitely talked about on this um podcast before. Um, I suppose the unusual thing about it was it's a one it was a one shot film. So the camera continuously followed the main character, Stephen Graham, around or whatever. And it was uh, set across whatever, an hour yeah. and a half in this restaurant that he runs in London, quite an upmarket restaurant, Christmas time. And they've just had an inspection, which they've been downgraded because there's been problems with how they've been storing things in the kitchen and he's really cross with all the staff, but it turns out he's kind of partly to blame himself. And it's kind of, you know, a perfect storm because they have an old colleague of his that he trained under comes in to have dinner with a food critic. I mean, it's kind of, that's challenging in itself, but also then they've got a proposal happening at another table. The restaurant is overbooked and then somebody chokes on something and it's just like quite a frantic High energy, stressful watch. One of the most stressful things I've ever watched in my life. Like you are constantly on the edge of your seat from the minute it goes. And I think it's not only the content, but it's the way it's shot, obviously. And it's Stephen Graham is so good at that sort of put upon man sort of playing that part, you know. At the point, the film is available on Netflix currently. Yeah. So the film got really positive reviews. And then off the back of that, in 2022, it was revealed that the series was going to be um, a four part series was commissioned by BBC One. So there are four one hour episodes. It's the same director of the film, Philip Barantini. He's directing the first two of the new series. And then there's another director, Unia Akal, who are de- he's directing episode three and four. So basically it picks up eight months after Andy, who's Stephen Graham's character, suffers a heart attack at the end of the film. And his head chef, Carly, who's played by Vinette Robinson, she's battling to forge a new new name for this restaurant, a new restaurant in Dalston called Point North, which she's running with the old crew. So it's all the old characters. From including the, including from the Stephen Graham. He is in it. Yeah, but I think we don't know an awful lot about it, but I get the vibe that he's he's still a main character in it, but he's not in mm. the kitchen for whatever reason, or he's not, maybe he's trying to get back in or something like that, but he's maybe still struggling, you know, he had a lot of problems in the film. So I think we're we're sort of picking up there. So all we know about it is that the, the team are, we're following the team as the stresses of keeping the restaurant running uh, bear down in them amidst a hospitality industry in crisis. With the pressure to draw in new hungry customers and the financial squeeze to keep the business profitable, the team must find a way to manage their complicated personal lives whilst creating quality food day in, day out. So yeah, we don't know exactly when it's going to air but it's safe to say that excitement for the first series like is high the film was nominated for loads of awards and stuff so I have no doubt it's going to be well received so we will let you know on the main podcast obviously when that is coming up and obviously Stephen will catch it on a weekend watch as well so that is Boiling Point okay cool over to you Stephen this is one of the most hotly anticipated events of the coming TV schedule the return of 
Doctor Who. And it's 60th anniversary, is that correct? Yeah, it will be the 60th since the original series aired back in the 23rd of November 1963, mm. um, the day after the JFK assassination. Was it? Wow. I think. Interesting. Yeah, that was The Unearthly Child, the debut episode of a show that at the time was supposed to be this little sci-fi project that may have run for a couple of seasons and ended up going on for decades. Obviously, there was a break and then it got brought back in 2005 and has become, if anything, even more popular. And I guess one of the most popular actors to play Doctor Who or the Doctor is David Tennant, right? I mean, he was my favourite fav- Doctor by a mile. Mm. Um, mm. I think Alex incorrectly thought it was Igapaldi, <laughs> did he? Yeah, 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 I think so. Bless him. I feel like this is a, it's it's like, I don't know, it's like people debating over what Star Trek. Yeah, it's, an eternal, it's one of the, it's a testament to how good or popular the show is, though, that yeah. since the 80s, people have debated who the best Doctor is. And obviously, every time the new one is, the debate just gets longer. But yeah, David Tennant returns as the 14th Doctor, so... Jodie Whittaker will regenerate into David Tennant. And the plot of the three specials, which are due to air from November, has been kept pretty much under wraps. But we do know that David Tennant will reunite with Catherine Tate as Donna Noble, which is interesting because last time she was involved with him, she wasn't able to sort of remember her time with the Doctor because if she did, basically her brain would explode or that was the theory. So presumably they found a workaround. And then again, in a bittersweet moment, Bernard Cribbins will return as Donna's grandfather. They were spotted sort of filming together before Cribbins' death um, earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. So that'll probably be his last on-screen role, which is quite nice really because he starred in the 1960s Doctor Who and the Daleks movies and then came to Doctor Who again in like 20 2010 sort of time 2008 and then his last screen role will most likely be Doctor Who the plot of these specials has been mostly kept a secret for now we do know that it'll be three one hour long specials and at mm-hmm. some point during that Nakuti Gatwa from Sex Education, he plays Eric Sex yeah. Education, will become the Doctor, the new Doctor, the 15th incarnation, following yeah. David Tennant's regeneration. And it'll be John... And that leads, does that lead into a new series then next new year? New series or what's the time in spring 2024. And he'll be joined Fair. by Millie Gibson as the new companion. She's the youngest Doctor Who companion Yet, I think she's 18 at the time it was filmed. Right. I think uh, Nakuti will be great as the Doctor. He looks mm-hmm. just like seeing the sort of preview images of them in there. They've released some images of them in like 1970s dress. Um, cool. And they look like they really embody it and they're really having fun. And I think, yeah, I think that'll be great. But I'm, I'm really excited to see... David Tennant return. I think a lot of people who haven't watched Doctor Who for several years, like including myself, I've not seen it since the first season of Peter Capaldi properly. I think a lot of people that watched it in 2005, 2006, 2010, 
will come back. It's hard to believe it's 13 years since David Tennant left the show. I know. It's funny because obviously they're they're doing this as a sort of a bridging thing. There's a lot of this going on in the BBC at the moment and they're doing stuff in EastEnders where they're bringing old characters back to programmes to sort of entice people back, obviously, which is fair enough. I think it's going to work. It's going to work. It works because people are either intrigued or nostalgic, you know. So, yeah, why not? Like, you know, I don't know. I know the thing about Doctor Who is and it was kind of a great... um, tool or to to hit on or what's the word I'm looking for like that the that the doctor regenerates just opens up so many avenues for this kind of thing like returns and stuff but I don't know how David Tennant does Doctor Who exited you know but I presume it's like not a massive like he's not coming back from the dead like they are in EastEnders you know what I mean yeah he's (laughs) he's just being he's just the doctor's just regenerating and becoming David Tennant again which the yeah. sort of teaser for it sees him come out of the TARDIS and he like feels his face and he says, what? Which is sort of weirdly one of David Tennant as the Doctor's sort of catchphrases as he sort of realises yeah. that he recognises his his face. I, I don't know. I think people will be keen to see if other characters return, Freeman Adjiman, Billy Piper. I don't think Billy Piper will be coming back. I think the send-off that they gave her, you couldn't really revisit it without tarnishing it. I don't know about mm. Freeman Adjiman. John Barrowman would be difficult now, given the sort of controversy Everything. surrounding him. Again, Noel Clark would be the same. Mm. But Good. I imagine there'll be some Easter eggs in there. I'm very excited to see David Tennant come back. My colleague in arms over in Reach, Dan McLaughlin, he's a big Doctor Who fan. He has just produced like a 20-page supplement on the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. Not that we'd want to be giving a business to our competitors, but I'd say check that out because he is a, he is an absolute massive Doctor Who fan. So uh, I'm happy to plug him there for all you hardcore fans out there. It is one of those things, though, isn't it? People love it. Like, so um, yeah. I personally tried it once or twice and just wasn't for me. I hark back to the sci-fis I would have watched, like Star Trek and mm. stuff growing up. And I just found that the quality, it didn't have the same quality. I don't know I think if that's it's the a fair appeal, comparison. Though. I think that's the appeal. But yes, yeah. Doctor Who will be back on BBC in the UK and Ireland. And then since Disney has bought the brand, it'll be released in, on Disney Plus in other territories. Oh. Um, I didn't know that. We don't actually officially know the air date yet, but given that it was the 23rd of November that the first episode came out, I imagine it'll be around the 23rd of November that the specials begin to air. Cool. Okay. Right. Moving along swiftly then, my second show I want to talk about is The Return of Fraser. It's not a spin-off. It's just coming back, Mm. but it's coming back in a different sort of setting. Yeah, so basically we're picking up like however many years later. I don't I'm not even sure. Like a modern day, I guess, from when it, we left it. And uh Fraser, Kelsey Grammer, it's he's moved back to Boston where his character was born as a character in Cheers, obviously. Fraser was a spin-off from Cheers, for those of you who are not old enough to know that. And um he goes back to work at a university and his son is there. His nephew becomes a prominent character as well, which would have been Niles and Daphne's son, even though Niles isn't in this at all, which is a shame because uh, I love him. But fair enough. People move on, etc. And um, but Roz does come back. She's kind of a recurring character, as is Lillian, which is Fraser's ex-wife, also a Cheers character originally. But basically we pick up uh, on this new sort of 
set on campus type idea. He's teaching the new character of his friend, Alan Cornwall, who is a professor, is played by no one other than Nicholas Lindhurst, which is going to be absolutely brilliant, I think, because he's such a great comic actor. Most people would know him as um, Rodney in... Only Fools and Horses, but he's been in many, many, many other programs since. So it's a whole new sort of setting and it's all this sort of challenges around the next chapter of his life, new relationships. And, you know, he's got a dream or two that he wants to fulfill. That's the bump on it. Yeah. So and just a funny little aside, when I was looking this up, there is going to be a competing remake called Our Fraser Remake um, is scheduled to premiere online on October 11th. Um, it's a fan-made collaborative remake of the original show's season one finale with over 100 artists, animators and filmmakers each reimagining chunks of the show in their own visual style. So you can watch out for that as well. Um, and we do actually have a date for this. It's coming to Paramount Plus yeah. on the 12th of October. So that's next week when you'll be listening to this. So there you go. That's Fraser. Finally... The one I was saying I had heard nothing about. Squid Game, The Challenge. Presumably a follow-on from Squid Game that was massive kind of, last yeah. year. or the So it's, in, yeah, it's based okay. on the Netflix South Korean series Squid Game, which broke uh, Netflix records in 2021. Yep. It got like a, a billion hours streamed. I think it was one of the first shows to do that, or the first uh, foreign language shows on the platform to do that. It was a pretty fantastic series about um, 400 and so fairly desperate uh, Korean citizens who mm-hmm. are convinced to take part in this deadly game show where um, they get through a series of bloody challenges and towards the end you have a handful of the 400 left alive because they've been gradually, brutally killed off in competing for this huge sum of money. Um, and it was sort of a critique of, I guess, the class system in Korea, in South Korea, um, and also sort of a excuse to have this really bloody, violent series. Uh, and it was very good. And Squid Game, the challenge, could fall on its ass depending on how it, it <laughs> presented. It's a reality series based on the show and will feature the same sort of games that were Tasks, featured in the yeah. show. Obviously, but happily, no one's going to get murdered. Well, yeah, yeah. happily, yeah, and obviously <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> but if you um, think about the challenges in Squid Game, if you take out the threat of death, yeah, well, one of the challenges just becomes tug of war. Another yeah, is yeah, like cut out a bit um, of honeycomb. What's the time, Mister Wolf? Yeah, yeah. What's the time, Mister Wolf? Exactly. So <laughs> they are kids' ga- kid games, aren't they? And marbles and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And the whole point You're of Squid right, Game actually. was that they were quite simple games mm-hmm. with brutal stakes. Mm. So I'm not sure. Yeah, but you could see how they could like emulate it, and you know, if you've ever watched The Floor Is Lava or one of those things, it's probably going to be some more yes. similar to that, and, you know. So the tug be... of war isn't going to be onto a bit of spikes; it's going to be into a pool of lava, yeah, I... i.e., slime or whatever. Well, maybe it would be better as a as a as a fully children's show, but, <laughs> but they, they're putting a lot into <laughs> like, it. The... Maybe it'd be better if they did actually maim them and kill them. Yeah, there's. <laughs> 456 contestants like in in the show so that's that's big i think that's the biggest number of players that have ever been in like one reality series 
contested. Okay. And they're playing for three points. I like that idea. They're playing yeah. for three point six five million, which mm. I think is also the biggest cash prize for a reality series of its kind as well. Right. And if they do that thing that they do in the original Squid Game, which is they kind of tell you the backstory of the characters, like that'll be interesting. Yeah. You know, if we've got influencers and bodybuilders and gymnasts, and if there's that real element of pitting these people against each other to really test their skills and qualities and that kind of thing. So that'll be yeah. good. But you're right. They need to get the, the task and bit so correct. Right. And I hope they don't try and semi-dramatize it where they like, oh, yeah. that it's like Squid Game and then it, it just yeah. becomes this goofy thing. Yeah. But it, yeah, that will be coming sometime in November on Netflix. We don't have released it yet. I think it'll definitely spike when it lands because A, some people will think it's another season of Squid Game and B, mm. some people will just... Obviously, a lot of people really like Squid Game, so because it's connected, people will tune in. But I don't know how many people will continue watching it. Again, it depends on whether they get the right um, vibe mm. with it. There's definitely potential for it to be a really fun reality series and it could also be really goofy, which might not be a bad thing. It just depends if it's good goofy or bad goofy, but definitely. I've just realised I've conflated two of them there. It wasn't Squid Game. I was thinking it was that other thing that it was a reality TV show, Korean one, where they brought in all the different people and they had them compete against each other in sort of endurance challenges and stuff like that can't remember the name of it but yeah maybe if they took took a, a leaf out of that uh, book then it would work you remember we talked about it it's a really short name it was on netflix oh god i'm gonna have to check it sorry reality tv show physical 100 ah, yeah. i was talking about physical 100 there as well as squid game but yeah maybe if they maybe if they combine the two it'll work well maybe. okay that's us for this week. It's great to know there's so much coming up in the next few months and we will, of course, keep you up to date with when all of these are coming to air. Thank you for joining us this week. Do look out for Friday morning's Screen Babble Weekend Watch, which will preview what to watch over the weekend and beyond. If you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get into our lives, drop us a line via our social media. We'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible. We'll be back next week with more Screen Babble. Ciao. Bye.